Hi, and welcome to the Rooted Life Change Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke, and I believe that you can experience lasting life change for your good and for God's glory. Last week, we started talking about this topic of insanity. The popular definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Uh, We're finding ourselves in a place of the way in which we are living is leading to a place or giving us results that we ultimately don't want, but for some reason, we continue to live the way that we've been living. I gave us a definition of insanity that sums it up this way. Insanity is a way of being and acting that we've gotten comfortable with that leads only to places where we don't want to go. Sanity, on the other hand, is a way of being and acting that comes from a place of wholeness that allows us to live life on life's terms. And we'll talk more about that as we go through the episode today. What does it look like to turn towards sanity? But before we go there, I want to talk one more and give us an illustration of how did we end up here? How did we end up in a place where... (laughs) We're ending up with these results and this fruit, and we're going in a direction that we don't want to go. How did we end up there? Well, a couple things. (laughs) Have you, um, well, first, let's just talk about an illustration. Have you ever heard about what it takes to boil a frog? Um, Maybe you've heard this, maybe you've not. But if you want to boil a frog, because frogs, they're these amphibians, and they regulate their temperature um, through like their skin and stuff. And so if you were to take a frog and you were to put it and try and put it in a hot bowl or a hot pot of boiling water, it would immediately jump out. It'd say, this isn't safe. It jumps out. It knows that uh, if it stays there, it's going to be in some serious trouble. But if you take a live frog and you put it in room temperature water, the frog will be very happy there feel very comfortable. Now, if you have the precision to, and you turn up that burner on that water, and you just heat up that water by one degree, the frog will sit there, and the water will get a little bit warmer, and the frog will say, oh, well, that's not too much warmer. That's fine. I feel still feel very comfortable here. And then if you turn up that water just another degree, and then another, you keep turning it up degree by degree at each moment each each point as the degree of the water gets hotter the frog will sit there and say well this is still fairly comfortable why is it safe it's fairly comfortable well because it's only 1 degree hotter than it was before ah this has been comfortable i've been sitting in this water for a while it was feeling just a little fine and it still feels fine only 1 degree warmer is not that bad And the frog gets comfortable in the water after each and every single degree, up until the point that the water is nearly boiling. And eventually, the water does boil, and the frog doesn't jump out. Why? Because it's only one degree hotter than it was just a moment before. We, whether or not that's actually possible, I've never seen anyone try and boil a frog. I don't recommend you do it. But the illustration serves a point, right? If someone were to say, 
this is the terrible situation, you know, that you're going to walk yourself into, right? If you were presented with a choice of two doors, one door behind it had all the consequences, all these, the loneliness, the isolation of addiction, um, the um, ongoing hurt, the never experiencing healing from past wounds, broken relationships, not getting what you want, right? If someone were to offer you that door, you would say, of course, I would never go through that door. But if some, and if, but if someone asked you to walk through a door that was only slightly different than the place you were previously at, right? You would go, oh, no, that's fine, right? See, the thing is, is that life doesn't happen in big, uh, dramatic moments most of the time. Usually it changes by degrees over a long period of time. And when we begin to make bad choices, when our way of being uh, is not healthy, it's not living life on life's terms, it's not following God's plan or direction, we start making these choices that start to have small incremental consequences. And those small incremental consequences will build up over time until we find ourselves boiling in a pot of water we would have never wanted to be in in the first place. So how do we stop doing that? How do we get from living in a place of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, and um, having it lead us to a place we would never, ever want to go? Because that's how we get where we're going, one wrong turn after another. So let's talk about how do we turn towards sanity? How do we start to live and be in such a way that is on life's terms and is moving towards where we want to go? Well, okay. First is to wake up, right? First is to pay attention to the alarm, to stop hitting snooze. It's to say, all right, uh, it we're going in a direction we don't want to be. That was the question I left you with last episode was to say, where am I going? If the way I continue to be and act stays unchanged, where am I going to end up? And we need to wake up to that reality that like what's going on isn't good. I'm not going in a good direction. So we need to take Part, we need to start clearly defining where the places of insanity are in our lives and stop being comfortable with them. We need to start saying, you know what? It's not okay that things are this way. This is maybe the way things have been. I've gotten comfortable to them being this way, but this shouldn't be okay. This shouldn't be the way I'm living my life. I should have better relationships than this. I should not be constantly hiding behind lies. I should not have whole parts of myself and my story that I can't talk about because it hurts too much. Let's begin to find healing, break cycles, and make life change. The next thing to do is to begin to embrace strength and acceptance. Sanity is not beginning to live, or sanity, I say, is beginning to live life on life's terms. We need to face reality oftentimes. Reality is not comfortable and it's not easy. And when we turn to Jesus and we begin to own up to the way things really are, we find strength and and acceptance. One of the things that I think gets so confused in our minds is we have this idea that if we follow Jesus or if we follow God, if I just do the right thing, 
then things will go smoothly for me, right? We get this idea that if I just do the right thing, there won't be obstacles, things will be easy, like I'm doing the right thing. No one's supposed to stop me from doing the right thing. There shouldn't be obstacles. You're supposed to be rewarded for doing the right thing. But that's not how it really goes. And often following God does not mean that the storm in our life is going to immediately stop. There's the famous story where Jesus is walking on the water, and he's walking out on the water, and his disciples are in a boat, and there's a storm happening on the body of water that they're on, and the disciples are panicking because they're on a boat, and they think they're going to drown. They think it's going to crash. The waves are knocking and tearing the boat apart, and the disciples see Jesus, and they say, oh, who is that? They think it's a ghost at first. And Jesus is like, no, no, it's me. It's me, guys. And Jesus calls Peter out onto the water with him. And we think that's such a powerful story of Jesus, of Peter's faith walking out on the water. And we sometimes forget that Jesus didn't calm the storm and then invite Peter out on the water. No, he invited Peter out on the water while the storm was still happening. See, Jesus offers us peace and invites us to faith in the midst of the storm, in spite of the storms of life. Jesus does not promise that he's going to fix everything right away, that he's going to make all the storms go away right now. He might, But that's not the promise. The promise is that he will be with you in the midst of the storm. When we begin to face the hard things in life, they're still going to be hard, but we're going to not be doing it alone. A lot of times we get into places where we don't want to be and we get into the places of insanity because we're trying to avoid something. There's a storm there's a consequence, there's a circumstance in life, there's some difficult emotions, a difficult choice, a topic that needs healing. We don't want to deal with it. It hurts too much. And so we run other places to our addictions, to our broken cycles, to old ways of being, to bad habits in order to stop feeling or to ignore or numb ourselves to the thing that really needs to be addressed. And so we need to come to this place of finding serenity. Serenity is not the absence of the storm, it's peace in the middle of the storm. So we need to wake up. We need to wake up to the insanity, to the way that we're living and how it is taking us to a place where we don't want to go. And then we need to find strength and acceptance to face the uncomfortable facts of life. We we live this life, we um, often believe this false narrative, this lie that's been sold us in our modern culture. And that is this idea that if we just live life just right, if we do things right, we listen to all the smartest people, we read the right books, we do things at the right time, we will be happy. We've been sold this lie that it's possible to live a life where you are mostly happy. And that's simply not true. Life includes suffering. 
If life were to come in a box, it would say suffering included, happiness not guaranteed. That's the fact of life. But often we want to rail and push against that reality. And the more and more we have a hard time swallowing that truth that I just said there, the harder we're going to have living life as it actually is. That's what I mean when we say living life on life's terms, accepting that things will not always go my way. Things will be hard. Even when I do the right thing, I might get punished, right? Things are not fair and suffering is included. But (laughs) when we don't live life on life's terms, when we try and hide from that reality, when we try and numb ourselves, when we try to distance ourselves from it, all we do is multiply our suffering. The best way to minimize suffering is to face it head on, is to not find a way around it, but to find a way through it. We're back to the Band-Aid analogy. How do you take a Band-Aid off? All at once, not little bit by little bit. And so finding strength and acceptance, accepting faith, finding Jesus, trusting that you are not alone in the midst of the storm, and beginning to face the difficult reality that you're in. The third thing to do when you turn towards sanity is to find integrity. With sanity comes connection to our values. We want our values and our actions to match up. I talk to so many people and you say, like, what are the most important things in your life? People will often say things like family. They will say things like love, friends, Well, let's look at your life then. Is your life lived in such a way that aligns with those values? Are you living life where you are spending the bulk of your important time that are leading towards the things that you want, right? It's funny how many people find themselves into a place of workaholism, where they constantly are working. They can never find time to be with family. If you were to stop them and ask them, what's the most important thing to you in your life, in your world? They would say, my kids, my family, those who are closest to me, my uh, loved ones, my friends. But then why are you not spending more time with them? Because the time and the way that you're living seems that you prioritize work over them. And so we need to find a way to match our values with our actions. We need to begin to be looking towards Jesus, looking away from the false tree, the tree of knowledge and good and evil that Adam and Eve ate from, and look towards the tree of life, look towards Jesus, look towards God, and say, how ought I be living my life? Be reading the Bible, looking for the virtues and the values there, and say, how ought I be living my life? And how can I match my life and my actions towards those values? So turning towards sanity, we need to wake up. We need to come and confront life as it is. We need to find strength and acceptance to face the difficult things in front of us that we've maybe been hiding from. We need to find integrity by beginning to align our actions with our values. And then finally, we need to start trust. We need to start finding trust. We need to trust others. We need to trust ourselves, right? When we're moving towards sanity, um, the answers begin to shift, right? We, when we're in a place of insanity, we're in a place where if I were to ask you, can you trust others? Can you trust yourselves? 
Can others trust us? <laughs> if you're in a place of insanity, the answer is no. I can't trust myself to make smart decisions. I can't trust others because they feel untrustworthy and nobody certainly should trust me. But as we begin to wake up, find strength and acceptance, begin to find integrity, we begin to shift to a place where we become more trustworthy. We become reliable because we're no longer escaping from reality. We begin to experience integrity. We begin to rely on other people. We begin to reach out rather than just turning inwards. And all of that is made possible through Jesus, right? We can't do it on our own. This is the thing that so many people who make it through and break cycles, break addiction, find healing, is they will tell you that they could never have done it on their own, that it came through Jesus, right? Here's a passage in verse uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, that's what we're ultimately doing. This passage describes precisely what we're striving to do, is to fix our eyes on the goal, to run the race that's set before us. Where are we going? And to fix our eyes, not on the circumstances, but on Jesus. To say, I'm going to have peace and serenity in the middle of the storm. And I'm going to look to the crowd of witnesses, those who've gone before me, those who also follow Christ, those who love me, those who are encouraging me, and they're cheering me on. When we fall, when we live and practice in the faith, we are joining in a faith that has been filled by millions and millions of people, billions of people who have come before and run the race faithfully to follow and know Christ. And we're joining in that. And we do that by fixing our eyes on Christ, saying he is my source of trustworthiness. He is the source of my values and integrity. He's going to help me have the courage to face the circumstances and to wake up and find where I'm at. And we're going to strive to lay aside all the sin, all the things that so easily entangle us and keep us from pursuing where we ought to be going. And we ought to consider Christ who endured the cross. When we endure small sufferings, difficult conversations, conversations where we need to own up, to be truthful, to deal with hurt and pain, those are hard things, but they're not dying on a cross. We're being called to be encouraged. Christ has gone before us, and he has made a way, and he will be with us each and every single step. So this week, I would encourage you to reflect on that passage to begin to make more and more clear in your mind. What are those patterns of insanity that you are constantly slipping into? And maybe answer this second question. What are the difficult things that are keeping you from living life on life's terms? What's the suffering that you don't want to admit there? 
What's the difficult consequence, the difficult relationship, the things that you didn't want to be there, but are there, the things that you are trying to hide from, the things that you were trying to cope away from? What are those things? What is keeping you from living life on life's terms? Name those things and take them to prayer. Say, Lord, can you meet me in the middle of this storm? Can you meet me in the middle of this circumstance, in the middle of this pain? Lord, can you show me the wounds on your hands and your feet so that I know that I am not alone in my own wounds and my own suffering? I hope that this uh, talk is encouraging to you this week, that you find some comfort and encouragement in it. Next week, we're going to be continuing this conversation of what does it mean to turn these things over, to begin to let go, to be able to uh, find a place of healing and trusting Jesus more. Remember, we didn't get here all at once. It was one day at a time, and that's how we're going to get out of here too. So if you've been listening and joining me in this journey, uh, appreciate um, all of your encouragement. I Let me know. Uh, how this is affecting you, how you are processing these things that we're talking about. If you have questions or other things, you can always email me or let me know in the comments. Um, I will talk to you all next week.